Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Transcript Podcast. You've got me, Scott Krisiloff, along with Eric Mokaya. I'm the editor of the Transcript, and Eric is our lead author. We sent out a new issue of the Transcript yesterday. What we saw was a continuing booming of the economy, basically the same themes that we've been seeing for several weeks now. High capacity utilization and tightness in labor markets and other markets leading to some inflationary pressures. And we took about five quotes from companies in different areas talking about inflation. So we're seeing we're seeing a lot of inflation in different in different areas. Significant and broad based was what General Mills CEO said about the inflation that they're seeing. So anything to add to that, Eric? Yeah, I think inflation uh, keeps being a very hot topic in terms of in the earnings calls. So that's something that you can see a lot of CEOs are addressing. But something that also has been striking me, and I wanted to ask you a question about, was the labor markets being extremely tight. So if you read some of the quotes about, especially people, really companies finding really hard to find people to hire. So you can see like around three companies that we picked up there, all of them saying that the labor markets are pretty tight. Is it something that you've seen yourself or at least in the US heard about it? Or is it something that it's pretty unique to some parts of the industry, especially the truck drivers, which we've constantly keep hearing about for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, I think transports are clearly tight because we have so much e-commerce going on and just parcels being delivered. There was a quote later in this issue about 726 billion packages will be delivered by the year 2030, which is just a staggering number. You know, I guess that's 100 packages per person per year worldwide, which is crazy. But yeah, I mean, to answer your question about what I'm seeing from labor markets, at least it, at restaurants, it's really noticeable. I think when you go out, sometimes you're seeing short staff and you're hearing owners talking about that and talking about how hard it is to fully staff restaurants. So that's one area where I'm seeing tightness of labor in addition to all the quotes that we're picking up. It's pretty interesting because I saw a research this week that says that I think the lower income workers need a higher amount of wages. I think it's because maybe they have to call they are now comparing it to the stimulus they're getting. So I think that's kind of like the setting the minimum salary expectation for someone to come back to an actual job. So there could be, because we've seen, I've seen that explanation pop up within the earnings calls that we've read. What, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that is an explanation that we're hearing for it. No doubt the stimulus is impacting labor markets and impacting the economy still today. And, you know, that's fiscal stimulus and also monetary stimulus. And probably the most interesting quote that we picked up this week was from General Mills CEO talking about inflation and saying that the inflation is transitory when it's not happening to you. And he was specifically calling out the Federal Reserve there. And he actually mentions Chairman Powell in talking about transitory inflation and saying, I don't know how long this is going to last, this inflationary pressure. And so, yeah, the Fed is seeing, seeing a different economy than the CEOs that make up the transcript and, and what we're reading even in newspaper headlines and stuff like that. So there's a bit of a disconnect here. I would agree with you because that was the most interesting, the most interesting aspect of it was he compared it directly to the 1970s, which is a period you've mentioned before. And I think he says that while it's going on, you don't know how long it's going to last. And it's very painful when you're going through this supposedly transitory inflation. So transitory doesn't mean that it's not going to pain at the end of the day. 
That's a good point because all inflation is transitory, right? Like you have inflationary periods and then you have periods where the inflation stops when prices have reached theoretical equilibriums. You know, another interesting and important quote was one of the companies talking about automobile prices probably being at a structurally higher level going forward. And that's really, that's what inflation is. Prices stabilize it at higher levels and they never go back to what they were. Something else maybe that I picked up in the financials also is uh, Jamie Dimon, but there was an earnings call. So I was on a couple of conferences last week, and I think he's repeatedly says that there's an economic boom coming. I mean, you told me that he's America's foremost banker. So when he keeps saying something, you need to take note a little bit. So I think the word he uses most commonly is boom. I think one of the things he highlighted was that, that uh, credit losses are shockingly low in terms of, I think the stimulus came and then some of the research I've seen, most of the money went into people repaying debt. And then that debt, of course, reflects in terms of higher pay, repay, repayments, which means lower credit losses. So we're in a period where companies are having significantly low credit losses. And I mean, he says middle market companies where he expected to see a little bit of soft softening, I see is basically zero credit losses, which is pretty significant as we look ahead into like Q2 and banks reporting and all. Anything else that stood out for you also? Yeah, strong earnings out of retailers like Target and Walmart and Lowe's and Home Depot, you know, the housing-driven retailers. And one of the things that stood out is they were talking about a return of shopping at brick-and-mortar sites, people coming into store, and that driving comps. So again, another indicator of life returning to normal after the pandemic and people coming into brick-and-mortar locations, which... I, I was skeptical people would, would come back, but I guess people are just re-engaging with normal life. Any thoughts on that, Eric? I mean, it was pretty impressive. Like most of the comps are being driven now by not because I, it, from some of the companies that I could tell, like online shopping has kind of gone down in terms of the rates of growth. And what has really picked up this past quarter was actually in-store shopping. So I think that was pretty outstanding for me. And I think something else that was also outstanding was that home spending has not actually gone down. That people are actually spending money on home improvements and all these kind of, of things. Like the home continues to deliver strong growth across textile and furniture. That's what Macy says. So I think it's pretty impressive that these two trends appearing a bit more sticky. And especially also like people are going back to the store to shop. I haven't been there much myself. I don't know if you have had experience yourself of being back in the store and had some observation, not yet. <laughs> I don't think I've set foot in a retail store in over 18 months. I think for the sake of the transcript, you need to go there and see and have actual observations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need, I need to get some feet on the ground and see what's going on in yeah. my local Target. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for me at least, I can't imagine going back to a retailer, but maybe... Maybe that's its own indicator of my demographic. One other comment that goes back to the inflation stuff that just really stood out to me from the Home Depot call was they actually talked about the price of lumber for them and last year versus this year. And he said, last year, a sheet of 716th OSB was approximately $9.55. And now it's 
$39.76. So quadrupled in price, more than quadrupled in price, which is just crazy. I mean, there's there's certainly supply chain effects in terms of uh, bottlenecks in lumber, but it's also a story of demand and the same inflation that we're seeing in the rest of the economy. That just really stood out to me. It's a mind-boggling jump in price. One other thing I wanted to ask you about actually was there was another quote that was blocked out only for paid subscribers about travel in Europe recovering. And I wanted to check in with you and get your thoughts on what you're seeing in terms of recovery in Europe right now. What I can sense around is that people really are looking forward to this summer to travel a little bit more. So the, the vaccination rates around Europe are not that as high as the US, but they're quite, they're rising up fast. I think there's Europe, I think the last time I checked, they're on track to actually match the U.S. in terms of vaccination speed and rates. So that means that a lot of these countries, which rely a lot on tourism, especially Southern Europe, they're really racing to try and open up so that people can come back and so that the economy can be boosted up. So I would say that definitely that travel is, is peaking slightly. Countries are opening up slowly. Another quote that we also saw down there, which would blacked out for only paid subscribers about airlines actually last year in Europe, most of them, like a lot of them went under, Norwegian Air being one of them. So I think mm. that may actually be that when this demand bounces back, only the few like Ryanair, which are, which are available to actually help travelers move around. So I think, and maybe the era of lower cost airlines may actually be behind us in terms of, I don't know, I'm not so sure about that, but like there is the general sense that when demand bounces back, the supply may not be there to meet them. And that, and that would mean that people have to pay Apple to travel around. It's worth mentioning that I've spoken to probably four or five people who are traveling for work again, and they're also talking about their experience traveling around the U.S. and the planes are packed now, is what I've heard from multiple people. And so airline traffic is coming back to normal, it sounds like. And I spoke to somebody who traveled internationally, who was saying that the international flights are still really, really light, but I would expect that to be changing soon too. So kind of gives you a picture then uh, going forward, at least uh, once, maybe later this year, early next year, that would tell you like there would be a lot of demand for travel. I mean, something else that I picked up was road traffic is up. Congestions are actually starting to become an issue in some of cities. So you can tell you like, is there anything else or should we end this for this week? Life is slowly coming back to normal in some cities. Yeah. I will say I went to three birthday parties this weekend. So gatherings of like 15 plus people and the traffic was pretty crazy in Los Angeles this weekend. Like on a Saturday, it was taking us 20 minutes to get across town during the pandemic. And on Saturday this week, it took 45 minutes. So people are out and about. One thing that I think is worth talking about that we've covered in a couple of recent posts is on cybersecurity and the increase in ransomware attacks. This is something that the world doesn't seem particularly well prepared for if there were some sort of mass cybersecurity event. It, it seems like this is the same sort of thing as a pandemic where people are warning about it for a long time and then it can come to fruition sometime in the next five or 10 years. But it definitely seems like there's increased sophistication on the part of the attackers mm-hmm. and there is not a similar pace of adoption of security. Yeah, I think I actually popped in a little bit to check out the Shell and company. Uh, they are having like the annual general meeting this week. And one of the questions was about 
how protected are you against cyber attacks? Of course, given the uh, pipeline incident in the US, the response of the CEO was that we are all vulnerable to these kind of attacks. And I think that's the general sense in which you get, especially when you see Palo Alto saying that the, uh, the highest demand being now around 50 million USD, that's a lot of money. And then up from 30 million in, in 2020, yeah, I think that's a good spot to end for to this week. Thank you so much for joining us. So once again, on the transcript, you can always subscribe to our newsletter and become a paid subscriber and get some of the blocked quotes, and then you can enjoy them a little bit more. We are all available at the transcript.substack.com. That's where you can find us now. And drop us an email at admin at the weekly transcript.com. Thank you for this week. Thank you.